Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, hello! <laughs> it's the MTI team. Yeah. I just stopped introducing us at that point because I always enjoy the, the energy at the beginning there. So We almost missed it. I know. I was like, I'm waiting for it. I'm like, what's happening here? Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and me, Brianna Larimer. Um, thank you all for joining us again for another episode. And uh, if you've been following along, we've been talking about engagement. And uh, we took kind of a different spin. Of course, we talk a lot about engagement here at, at MTI. But over the last two weeks, we've talked about it through the lens of the Gallup State of the Workplace uh, report. Then we talked about it through artificial intelligence uh, last week. And this week, we're really just going to wrap up some different ideas. We know that a lot of our listeners, um, you may be in a remote team or a hybrid team. There's a lot of organizations that are have moved in that direction. And so um, just kind of given some really quick basics to some other ways that that uh, technology can increase engagement um, from their points of view. And I'll be interested to hear some of the points of view here from our roundtable. But uh, thinking through that. Are there pieces of technology that you think for our particular team that have been helpful as we've tried to remain engaged? Oh, gosh, yes. You know, um, I love the fact that as soon as we got sent home at the pandemic, that they immediately got us onto MS Teams. Mm-hmm. I think that as a collaborative tool, that's been kind of somewhat helpful, I think, um, especially when we were all in, in different locations. And even today with Ray in Kansas City and you and I here in Columbia, um, we kind of rely on that once in a while for meetings and for communication and for some collaboration. And um, so I think, yeah, um, really important to think about that, especially from a remote worker access point of view. Well, and, and of course, Zoom, which is our platform that we mm-hmm. use at the university for um, training and development mm-hmm. and how we're able to continue our, our business as a result of that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. certainly. I still remember <laughs> When we got sent home and we started having the conversations, it was a few days after that. And we're like, what are we going to do? Because we've always been in person at that time. We didn't even know that the university was offering the Zoom accounts yet. They might not have even been offering them uh, fully at that point. But by two weeks later, we were on Zoom and, and learning that and trying to figure out how to put our first training together um, in yeah, a virtual yeah. environment. And I, was, I remember saying, uh, Brianna, I know that you've been working on this. Can you give us a, a little lesson on, on how to log into Zoom? Uh-huh. What are the basic features of Zoom? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Now, again, COVID just changed the the way we do work, right? Mm-hmm. We've been saying that for a while. And, you know, our quick response, you know, I think, you know, as a small team, we can be an agile team. Mm-hmm. But not only were we figuring out how to do our business via Zoom in a, in a new way, but within what, a month or two, we had already written, you know, uh, an asynchronous mm-hmm. supervisory program. Yeah. I mean, it had yeah. thrust mm-hmm. us into this very new space. And of course, we we just relaunched that program, Fundamentals of Supervision. So um, it's out there and serving, serving people. Yeah. It's funny because you're absolutely correct. We had to have that done before I went on maternity leave. Yes. And so it was, it was only a couple months after that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We, wouldn't have been able to do it without yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and there are other digital tools out there. So we mentioned ours. Um, but when I think of like project management, business automation, communication, all of those pieces in that remote environment, um, some other things to consider, like 
Asana. Um, that's like or Slack. Those are like a collaborative workspace environment. Um, I I really like Airtable. There it is. There we uh, yeah. go. <laughs> I really like Airtable. And you know, Ray, you and I, I remember sitting at a coffee shop with you one day, and we were just creating this whole spreadsheet, and then we could share it amongst our teams, um, talking about like the the next year and our trainings for um, coming up. And so that's a good collaborative mm-hmm. kind of workspace as well. Um, there's other plays like Quiz Breaker. I'm not as familiar with it, but it, it's an opportunity out there to to again, just bring your team together in a collaborative space and create opportunities for engagement. Now, I want to be very clear, though, because we were talking about this before we hopped on here. A lot of times, I think the terminology we use, it's so we saturate it so much that it kind of waters down what we really mean by engagement. So when you hear the word engagement, Ray, what does that mean to you? When I think of it truly from a source of leadership looking at their workforce as being engaged or not engaged. I, I think of the, the commitment. I think the psychological commitment that people have to the work, um, to the organization, to the team. I think of the ability to give discretionary effort Mm-hmm. as a sign of engagement. So I think about it probably more clinically um, than we just talk about, oh, I'm engaged in the moment. Like, this is fun. The fun, right. You know, this right. is fun. Like, this is a good, fun way to learn this. Or It's called you know. work. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, so I, I think of it probably from that bigger perspective mm-hmm. yeah. when I think of engagement. And I think we have to, I do want to encourage our listeners to consider that as well, because I, I often get in like the soup series when I ask them, what are ways in which you've remained engaged as, as the leader, um, I'll get, oh, well, we have lunch together. We'll bring in lunch or we go on, you know, picnic outing or, and so it's a single individual event. And I want to kind of, um, I guess, connect this to the concept of, of a couple emotions. So for example, happiness is an emotion, but it's a fleeting emotion. And so in this case, like if you're talking about engagement in the terms of a single event, it's fleeting, right? That's one and done. What you're talking about, Ray, is more like joy, right? Because joy is a longstanding sense of feeling. And that's exactly what we really need through through our eyes and through this lens of, of continual engagement with your people. Yeah. Sustained fulfillment. Yeah. Yes. Kind of came to my mind yeah. hearing you say that. Well, and Dewey, you give a really good example. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about it on our, our first episode on this, but you talk a lot about the the piece of paper on the floor and the three different ways oh, to yeah. identify. Uh-huh. Go, can you go through those? Well, yeah. So, you know, I, I, this wasn't my idea. I stole it from Gallup. But when Ray and I went and got certified in um, Clifton Strengths, um, they talked about being engaged, not engaged, or actively disengaged. So, the engaged person will walk by a piece of paper on the floor and pick it up, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, an, uh, a disengaged employee will walk by a piece of paper or a piece of litter on the, on the ground and just kind of walk on by it. Mm-hmm. Right. But the actively disengaged the person who put it there to begin with, mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. just put it, you know, there. So that was kind of a, an analogy that they, they used to um, kind of describe those three terms. Yeah. And I thought that was really helpful. So I, again, I want to, even though we're going to go through some of these and they're going to sound um, like fun, maybe one time, even some of these platforms, you know, the quiz breaker, for example, fun one time kind of event, you're really focused on that kind of longstanding sense of fulfillment. Um, uh, when well, we talk and, about and engagement. Here's thing, you know, we talk about um, employee motivation and, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that could affect that right in the workplace. So for example, if I am an employee that has to work, 
a very cumbersome process that constantly breaks down. What is my motivation going to be like then to do that? Right. So when we talk about technology and how we could make that process a lot more uh, less cumbersome, a process that um, makes it easy for employees to achieve the results that they need to achieve. You know, that's how we are going to probably engage uh, in a more sustainable way. Mm -hmm. Right. As you as opposed to the fun event of going to lunch. Together. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. However, those fun events are are the connective tissue, Absolutely. I think. And those are all opportunities to make deposits mm -hmm. into people's social emotional uh, bank accounts. And, you know, a, a one time deposit might not carry you very long. But if you're making continued deposits, mm -hmm. you know, stringing enough of those episodic events together mm -hmm. that are meaningful for your people and, and provide some value, then yes, yeah. I yeah. I think they're good. But mm -hmm. just to rely on, well, once a year, we mm -hmm. have a barbecue. Yeah. Right. There's your engagement. <laughs> right, 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 right. Go be engaged. Yeah. yeah. Now go work that cumbersome process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these tools to help with engagement, but think of engagement bigger picture, right? Bigger picture. Um, so uh, something else that comes to mind, and we, we were joking about this before we began, gamification. Yeah. Not new. Uh, been around for a while. And, and Ray, you had actually posed a question at the beginning. I just laughed. Uh, you talked about... I, I asked, what was the earliest piece of technology that your kids used in this gamification of learning. And um, do you want me to tell what Dewey said? Or? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. You're going to date me. So, so first of all, I said, your kids. And then I said, in learning. And he said, Pong. And I, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> that was way back in that our was, day. That was, that was Atari. 70s that was, or, yeah, that was. That had to be in the 70s. Late 70s, early 80s. Oh, my goodness. And essentially, it was a tennis game that you could only move things. This little ball would go all over the. Yeah, the screen and you had to hit the ball to the other side. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, it was kind of like tennis. What I was uh, what I was looking for, I think, was and we came up with it um, is Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. of course, we didn't have that, do we? You know, uh, no, we I did. <laughs> we, still, we still had the abacus. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember my kids talking about Oregon Trail it. and going to a, you know, an open uh, school night, you know, at the, at the school uh, in the evenings. And the teachers were also excited to show us the three computers in the classroom that had Oregon Trail. Uh -huh. on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kids loved them. I did, except I always Always died with pneumonia. So I mean, it was like I started wondering about that, but uh, it was it was a fun game, and it really did actually. And you didn't realize it. So what gamification is? Right. Is it's actually teaching you something in the moment, um, but it's making it a fun learning process. So uh, it's a, it's an enhanced learning experience, if you will. And so a lot of places will use that, right? Yeah. When we think about maybe employee social networking events, even uh, there's opportunities to really kind of create uh, a sense of engagement uh, through that gamification process. Yeah. And we think of it in terms of we're talking about this in terms of technology. Mm -hmm. We've been using games oh, for years mm -hmm. to help people connect with one another. So, you know, whether or not you um, have everybody put a puzzle together and, and they have to do it in a certain amount of time, you know, that's a, a game, but it's certainly not a lot of technology involved. Right. But we've been using those kinds of things mm -hmm. for a long time. And I think it can really kind of help um, with that idea of engagement. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, when I think about this, another piece of technology will really will really do again, it's a tool. But you hear a lot about this idea of work life balance, you know, and obviously post covid, there's still a lot of conversations about recognizing what's what's important to people. And it's changed the way in which we do work, Um, you know, utilizing technology, whether it's some of these things we've mentioned or whether it's artificial intelligence. We mentioned last episode, uh, recognizing that it can automate processes that clears up a little bit of space for you to really spend more time uh, getting the work done, connecting with your people while you're at work, and then being able to leave work at work and go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, the other thing I like about those kinds of that kind of technology is the flexibility that it brings. You know, and again, I think right. about I think about Ray in Kansas City, and you know, yeah, there might be moments when we might not talk as much, but we do use technology a lot to just to connect with one another. You know, I got a question, I'll, I'll text you if it's that important. You know, mm-hmm. um, or I'll get on MS Teams and we'll just send you a little, you know, instant message or something. Um, so those things I think can, can kind of help with that. Um, it, it increases that flexibility, um, that work can be done in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I do like that about the technology. Yeah. And we've been doing that for a long time. Like, sure. you know, I read an email that Brianna sent at 1223 AM. <laughs> I did do that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, but here, like that was her time. Right. Right. I mean, whether she should have been or shouldn't have been, you know, I don't I mean, maybe she played all day. Sure. Right. And then found found this space to do what she needed to do. I don't care. But she was able to use that technology to make meaning of it in the moment. I didn't read it until I woke up Mm -hmm. the next morning. Right. 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 Um, Probably not long after you wrote that. because I'm the morning person. But the idea that, you know, that helps with your workflow because. You yeah. were doing kid things, you know, mm-hmm. during the day and it, it allowed you access at night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think about, um, you know, we've been on a kick with with like badging systems right now, mm-hmm. but kind of big picture when we think about badging, there's that element of like digital now, rewards. Now, now, before you go on, can you oh, talk about ex- badging? Can you, can you explain <laughs> to our listeners what badging really is? Absolutely. About? Yeah. It, it's your it's a digital credential. Right. So a digital credential. And so, you know, back in the day, you'd probably get certificates of completion and it's a paper copy of you completing a course or um, kind of moving into the next level of something. Now, uh, badging is going to be where you get that certificate, but it's in a digital platform and it, it, it kind of credits to a portfolio. So it can carry with you to wherever you're going to go in a digital portfolio. Ray um, accomplished one with her ELI, Master Practitioner Certification. And did you get one for your... Uh, certified professional mm-hmm. coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I missed that one, but yeah, I mean, you ha- oh, no, you have them at the bottom of your your signature line, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that that's a way we talk about it now. But digital reward systems have been in place for a really long time. But there's a lot of research out there that would suggest that virtual rewards gaining popularity and it's it's really helpful in trying to increase engagement. I think of this beyond the workplace. I think of like my my GURBS digital rewards, you know, when I get those little things added to my account that gives me discounts when I go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It 
does make me choose that grocery store over other grocery stores. So there's a sense of loyalty, I guess, to it. I think you and I were talking, Ray, are still on the fence whether or not that's engagement. Engagement, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I want to be careful about, though, with that kind of a situation is that that is an external motivator. Yeah. Right. And we all know that the um, excessive use of external motivators will eventually erode the intrinsic motivation that people can 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 have. And so I'm not going to work until I see the reward in front of me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to lift a finger until I know that that reward is going to come to me. Um, so, you know, I want us to be careful about that yeah. in the workplace. That's because, where good management steps mm, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, wink, wink. And we, and we focus in on the intrinsic motivation right. that people have. That's right. Yeah. I think we talked last episode about the difference between employee satisfaction and employee engagement. Mm-hmm. And so you're satisfied people. They may be satisfied, but they're, they're not actually in engaged and they're not given. It doesn't mean they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you all this. What do you think about virtual reality? Well, I, I, I think it's, I've actually played with a, Have you? a thing, a virtual reality thing. When uh, my daughter brought some um, technology home one day, and so we were sitting around kind of playing with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I kind of felt stupid up here moving around with this big thing on my head because <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to bump into and that kind of stuff. But, um, but it was, it was kind of fun. Um, I'm seeing it being used a lot in training. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, and especially very, um, you know, mechanical types of training, you know, or, or things like that. So, um, or very detailed types of training when you're working with machines and things like that. So it can really kind of help you understand. I, I think about like a, uh, a pilot simulator, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a, a situation. Um, so you're learning how to fly, um, a plane all through this idea of virtual reality. So, um, I think that it has some great uses there. Um, I also though wonder, you know, like any technology, it costs a lot of money right off the bat. And I wonder how quickly that cost will come down with this new technology. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I question the reality part of it. Mm-hmm. Not from the fact that, yes, you can truly sit in a pilot seat. Um, you They can shake your seat. They can blow air in your face or, you know, cut off your I mean, they can they can make those things seem real. But, you know, when I think about our world of teaching leadership skills mm-hmm. and, you know, we were talking specifically about like conflict management and, and putting yourself into a virtual reality conflict situation where you can't there's no risk. Mm-hmm. Right. And and many possibilities of how that could go. Right. Right. right? So you you kind of get to choose and work your way through that. And I and I love that um initial point of contact. But then I'm thinking, okay, so now we pick up, you've got to walk into your employee's office, have this difficult conversation with a real human being who has a mind of their own Mm -hmm. and wondering, you know, um, so I I think the reality part sometimes Mm -hmm. misses for me. And I know that, you know, one of the definitions in virtual reality, it creates um, a feeling of being in a different place or reality. reality. And I think we struggle enough with 
just being present <laughs> in yeah. our own reality. Yeah. 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 You so, know, and that's why I think VR in training, it works really well for those technical skills, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're um, learning how to, you know, flip a button or to how this machine works. But like you say, those hard earned soft skills, um, that might be a little bit more difficult with something like this. So what if I told you all that there are actually virtual reality collaboration uh, workspaces that uh, organizations will use? So I want you to think of um, you might have been a part of like a virtual conference mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And there was one really cool platform I was a part of. You'd actually like walk your little avatar, pretend like it walks into the room and there's the expo off to the right. And there's the, you know. They're creating these workspaces. Uh, so versus like, Ray, you being remote, and I know you've mentioned before, like, I'll turn my camera on and we can just, you know, be on Zoom the whole time. We see each other and be in the same space. It will create avatars for each employee and you will operate in this virtual reality space as if it was your own office through your avatar, not through like actually getting up and walking around to your office or your office, you know, it, it's all done by sitting at your desk the entire time and making those connections via avatar. Isn't that interesting? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, again, you know what I, all this means, really? We will always have a job. Yeah, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though, um, you know, I, I, when you first started talking about this, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, my time is done in the workplace. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, again, I think that you have to kind of think about the purpose. What is it that you're wanting to achieve with this piece of technology, right? Whether it's virtual reality, whether it's this, whether it's that. But what specifically is it really um, supposed to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, and then make sure that we're choosing the right technology for the right things that we're wanting, mm-hmm. right? So teaching soft skills might not necessarily be such a good use of VR, but maybe teaching something else with VR might be just perfectly Mm -hmm. fine, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think we'll always have a job because something... We, we will move into this space. Every, everybody mm-hmm. will move into this space and then new issues will be created that will require a podcast, you know, or whatever it is at that point, you know, where there are avatars or, you know, dialing in from the beach. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing that beats that human element. But I love the exciting nature of this new stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's why I bring that up, because when I first read that, um, it, it's like I get it, especially if you're in a remote environment and you're trying to create a space where you all could still be in a physical place together, even if it's through this virtual reality. That that's that is neat, but it still will not replace like actually picking up the phone and talking to somebody, you know, and, and you can still do that in a remote environment. Uh, you could still jump on Zoom, right? I'd rather see your actual face than your avatar you choose, right. you know, and so thinking through again, could this exactly to your point, could this benefit our team and our space and where we are now? Number can we afford it? Number one. <laughs> but uh, but is this what our team needs? Because not every team will need that. And Ray, I'm sure as you sit here and knowing Dewey and I both have blue, you know, we think about true colors and we're both very much the individuals that need that element of human connection like this would not work for us. 
we have to be able to come together like we do around this table for us to really create an an elevated sense of engagement. So think about your people. Yep. Think about your people. What other thoughts do you have? Any other technology or other things that come to mind as we wrap up this concept of engagement in the workplace or remote workplace? (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I would just um, caution us to use technology to achieve the things we want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to just using technology for the sake of using it. Um, And, you know, I think you also have to be kind of aware of the unintended consequences that sometimes technology could have um, on people's levels of engagement. So, um, but I think there's a lot of ways that we can use technology to really engage our workforce, um, whether that be through their learning or whether that be to make their jobs a little bit easier to accomplish. I, I think there's a lot of things that technology can do there, but let's not do it just because it's the latest, greatest, newest mm. thing. Let's make sure that it's serving a purpose. Mm-hmm. That would be what I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for some ver- virtual reality goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely is exciting, you know, but at the core of it, uh, and I'm going to put the link to in our episode description of our, our previous conversations on engagement. There are still specific things you will need. There will be an intentionality that will still need to be had to really encourage and to, to have a thriving level of engagement. Um, it's not just going to happen by utilizing some of these tools or just by utilizing artificial intelligence. Like there's a human piece to it that will um, always need to be there. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for, uh, I know I, I had to step outside of our comfort zone a little bit with these yeah. last uh, couple of episodes, at least. Pushing um, my boundaries, that's for sure. I am, I am. As an old person. As an old and, person. And we'd love to hear from you on this. You all might be more experts in this space than we are. Um, and so let us know. Send us an email, mti at missouri.edu. And I'm excited because do you know that the next time we come back here, we are going to be celebrating our yeah. 100th podcast episode. Gosh, it just seems like we started it just yesterday. But, you know, we wouldn't be at our 100th without all of these listeners. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you guys keep us alive for sure. We cannot thank you all enough. So uh, it has been an incredible ride and we'll keep the ride going. We're going to celebrate here next week. We will be on a break and then we will be celebrating coming back to you. uh, And we look forward to that time. Until then, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.